Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. A lot of politicians and celebrities and public figures We're using Christmas over the weekend as a way to condemn Israel and to condemn the Israeli government and also just to change the story of Christmas, the story of Jesus. And we're going to talk all about that. Joining us now is Ari Hoffman from the Post Millennial. He's one of our favorite guests. He comes on all the time and he's a wealth of knowledge. So we are going to definitely ask him about that. But first, Ari, I wanted to ask you to comment on the calls for ceasefire from a lot of these activists in the U.S., uh, specifically over the weekend in New York City. These protests are getting more violent. Um, The rhetoric is getting uh, extremely aggressive. And they're not really hiding at this point the anti-Semitic undertones of these protests. But more than that, they're requesting a ceasefire. And from what I can see, Hamas has been rejecting any uh, any idea of a ceasefire? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Great to be back, Grace. So this has all been a sham from the beginning. They never wanted a ceasefire. They want the end of Israel. They want Hamas to have the ability to rearm. They want those aid supplies to go into Gaza to help Hamas. They don't care about the Palestinian people. They don't care about the hostages. Notice how they never call for a return of the hostages. That's not something they ever do. And literally two days ago, Egypt was mediating a ceasefire deal. What the ceasefire deal entailed was that Israel would stop attacking. And at for a week, and Hamas would turn over 40 hostages, just like what happened previously, but Hamas rejected it. Now there's an internal war inside Hamas, where, don't forget a lot of the Hamas leaders are actually living very sweet lives off our taxpayer dollars and aid in places like Qatar. Those Hamas leaders want an end to the to the fighting. They want it to stop because they realize this is the end of Hamas. But meanwhile, the guys actually in Gaza, like Yahya Sinwar, they want to keep going. They want to keep this going, and they refuse to accept the ceasefire. So these activists, really, all this is is anti-Semitism. This is Jew hatred. They want an end to Israel, nothing more. Now, as we're talking about this Jew hatred, um, there were a lot of different takes over the weekend on what Christmas means, the the story of Christmas. And I wanted to play, uh, because AOC had her story on Instagram about Jesus being Palestinian and and what his origin story is. And then we have um, Father Edward Beck, who is on CNN. So this is the sound. I want to play this for you, Ari. We'll get your reaction. This is cut five. The story of Christmas is about a Palestinian Jew. Now, how often do you find those words put together? A Palestinian Jew born into a time when his country was occupied, right? They can't find a place for her to even give birth, his mother. They're homeless. They eventually have to flee as refugees into Egypt, no less. I mean, you can't make up the parallels to our current world situation right now. Ari, what's your reaction to that? My reaction is I can't believe I know more about Christianity than a priest. I mean, I don't know what that guy is spewing, but I'm an Orthodox Jew who doesn't believe in any of that kind of stuff, and I know more about the story than that guy does. 
So let's start from the beginning. Jesus was born 150 years before the Romans put down the Bar Kokhba Rebellion, which was after the destruction of the Temple. That's when they renamed the area Syria-Palestina. Palestina was meant to be a play on the police team who were destroyed by the Babylonians, the Philistines, who were the biblical enemy of the Jews, because they thought that would be the biggest insult they could ever give to the Jews, would be to name their area after their known biblical enemy. So there's no way. Jesus was long dead by the time any of that happened. So for them to say he was Palestinian was absolutely ridiculous. Talking about refugees fleeing into Egypt, Egypt is building a bigger wall to keep out refugees from Gaza because they don't want Hamas in Egypt. The types of parallels he's trying to draw are ridiculous. Let's also not forget that Bethlehem is in the West Bank, which means it's under Palestinian occupation of traditional Jewish lands, which Israel gave back to the Palestinian people to try and make peace, and then they started an intifada. So this guy has no idea what he's talking about religiously or historically, and it's a little shameful, shameless that they actually know more about this stuff than that guy does. Yeah, do you think it's that when you have people who go on television or on social media who have such big followings, and I'm not even saying CNN has a big following at this point, but I know AOC has one, and she put out a statement where, and let me just read you a little bit of this, Ari, and then we can get you to respond to it. She said the entire story of Christmas and Christ himself is about standing with the poor and powerless. Uh, she, Before that, she said, thousands of years later, right-wing forces are violently occupying Bethlehem as similar stories unfold for today's Palestinians, so much so that the Christian community in Bethlehem has canceled this year's Christmas Eve celebrations out of both fear for their safety and respect. And yet also today, holy children are still being born in a place of unspeakable violence. For every child born of any identity and from any place is sacred, especially the children of Gaza, she wrote. Um, and she went on to say other things, but similarly to the the priest on CNN, she seems to get some of the facts wrong here. She doesn't seem to know what the hell she's talking about either. It's truly embarrassing that these people go on TV or on social media spewing the stuff, which isn't true at all, just to try and make it fit their narrative. Anybody who's a religious Christian, even people who aren't religious Christians, will know that what she's spewing is complete nonsense. In addition to that, Bethlehem is located in the West Bank. Right now it is under Palestinian control. Yes, you have Israel involved in some level there, but there were a couple of churches that canceled because they were more on the left leaning side, and there were plenty that didn't. But if you want to go through this whole thing and look at it from a practical standpoint, who are the ones controlling the area? That's the West Bank. That's the Palestinian Authority. And none of this would have happened if Hamas hadn't attacked Israel on October 7th. They broke the ceasefire, which was in place from 2021 until October 6th. You want to get mad at somebody? Get mad at Hamas. And let's not forget the Mahmoud Abbas, who is the ruler. I can't even call him the elected official because he was elected for a four-year term so long ago that the Backstreet Boys were at the top of the charts, that he is the one in charge of the West Bank. He is the one who does the pay-for-slay program with Hamas. And if he does the pay-for-slay program with Hamas, that means he is paying terrorists and he is involved in this mess. So for her to be defending them, you really got to ask yourselves whose side she's on. I think she's made it very clear she just hates Jews. Yeah. And you just said get mad at Hamas. I mean, most most of these journalists, most of these social media stars like AOC, they're not even mentioning Hamas. And you brought this up um, a little bit earlier. But can you just fill people in on what happened with The New York Times on Christmas Eve? Because they ran an op ed that has a lot of people rightfully very angry. 
Yeah, they read an op-ed from the mayor of Gaza City who was appointed by Hamas, who writes in the op-ed that he was appointed by Hamas, that he's a member of Hamas. So I just want to make sure we're talking about the same outlet here. You mean the New York Times, where they had to fire an editor for running an editorial from Senator Tom Cotton just because the editorial staff and the writers at the New York Times didn't agree with a Republican be having his words written in the New York Times? They have, they have problems with that, but they don't have any problems with one of the people who's involved in Hamas a Hamas terrorist writing his version of what's going on in the New York Times. Look, this is nothing new. The New York Times was complicit in covering up the Holocaust. They used to run the Jewish transcript, the Jewish transcript wire service in the New York Times. They got rid of it during World War II because they said they didn't want to appear biased towards one side or the other, and they completely glossed over the entire Holocaust. The New York Times is a bunch of anti-Semites, and nothing has changed. Ari Hoffman, we have to end it here, but we thank you so much for joining us and just sharing some of your knowledge with us. Can you let people know where they can find you and where they can listen to you? Absolutely. Thanks, as always, for having me, Grace. You can get me at The Hoffather over on Twitter, Ari Hoffman Official on Facebook and Instagram. Catch my writings in the Post Millennial and download my show, KVI.com. Awesome. Thank you, sir. When we come back, we'll take more of your calls on this. You know, Jared, it's that crazy time of year. Everyone's kind of coming down from the Christmas high. They're getting ready to go into the new year. And you can kind of get a little bit of the Christmas blues. You know, all of the fun of the the holiday season starts to feel like, oh, what do I have to look forward to now? And as I mentioned, I think it's great to book something now to get you to look forward to the next fun event. And there's a really great place where people can go and enjoy this time of year. And it's not far away. Yeah, it's right down on the Cape. In fact, uh, the Nasset Peach Inn is the only hotel on the uh, Cape Cod Seashore, within the Cape Cod Seashore. Uh, it's great. It is Winter on the Cape is fantastic. And the Nasset Peach Inn, you get everything great about Winter on the Cape. You get great views. You get some nice tranquility, a little bit of solitude. You can go for walks on beaches that aren't crowded. It's pet-friendly. You can bring your pets, and you go for walks at each room has picture windows so you can look out and you can see everything out there with a fireplace. So you can stay warm. If you want to go outside, they have fire pits. You can sit outside, drink your coffee, watch the sunrise, watch the moonrise, look at the stars. It's it's perfect. It's the perfect getaway to get away from all your troubles. And right now you can stay at the Nasa Beach Inn for under $200 this winter, which is a great deal. So don't delay because these rooms go fast. To reserve your Ocean View room, go to NossetBeachInn.com. If you like what you're hearing, just go to NossetBeachInn.com to book your room. The views are incredible. Everything is, you know, just perfect for you and you're going to love it. So go to NossetBeachInn.com. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Toby from Cape Gunworks. I'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every Tuesday. Join Grace and me for 2A Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. This is the Grace Curley Show.
Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. The number is 844-500-4242. We just had Ari Hoffman on. If you missed that interview, we always have our podcast posted after the show. So wherever you get podcasts, that's where you can listen to it. Um, I wanted to give you a story here that is very concerning. It says, teen tourist stabbed by deranged stranger at Grand Central who shouted, quote, I want all the white people dead, end quote, on Christmas. Um, two teenage girls were randomly stabbed while enjoying a Christmas morning meal with their parents at a Grand Central Terminal restaurant with their deranged attacker now facing attempted murder charges. This is from the New York Post. The girls are 14 and 16 years old and are visiting from South America. So this is what the suspect, 36-year-old Stephen Hutcherson, said. I want all the white people dead, he allegedly yelled. I want to sit next to the crackers. That's when he allegedly lunged at the unsuspecting teens. Less than a minute later, the cops arrested a, a suspect in the attack who was identified as Hutcherson. The, the, the crazy part about these stories is these are always the stories where someone can shout out the motive. And it's like, mm, we, we can't, police can't figure out if there was a motive or not. I don't see the word hate crime anywhere on this piece of paper. And he said, I want all the white people dead. And there's no there's no talk of a hate crime. Just thought I would point that out. Uh, today's poll question is brought to you by Colette Travel. Join Caroline Levitt on November 16th, 2024, as she journeys in search of Iceland's magical northern lights. Colette covers the details from flights to meals, hotels, and local experiences. You can book your spot with Caroline and with Colette at 800 800- 581-8942. That's 800-581-8942. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is what is your top issue heading into 2024? Illegal immigration, the economy, crime, or other? I'm going to say illegal immigration because I think illegal immigration and at the rate that it's happening, every single time I look at Bill Malugin's tweets or I look at anything coming out of Fox or Newsmax, it says that it's a new record. So it's a new record for December. It's a new record for you know the most migrants, the most illegal people let in in a month. And that's just kind of like an ongoing headline that it, the, the Biden administration has broken another record. And I think when you have this kind of mass illegal immigration and you're not vetting people and you don't know who's coming in, I think that all of those other things, the economy, crime, all of that is going to be affected by this issue. And until we get this issue under control, there's a lot of other problems that we're not even going to have the tools to handle until we get a handle on this one. So I'm going to say illegal immigration. 75% of the audience says illegal immigration, 20% for the economy, 3% for other, and 2% for crime. Yeah, this says, this is from the New York Post, it says Luis Garcia Villagran is bringing an estimated 8,000 migrants. Well, he brought an estimated 8,000 migrants on Christmas Eve, and he's predicting the number of asylum seekers could easily nearly double to 15,000 along the way. He said, we try to help people least protected, especially women and child migrants. Simply, we apply what is in the law. He heads up the Center for Human Dignity. That sounds like, a, that sounds like Joe Biden's kind of charity, human dignity, because he always talks about dignity. There's dignity in work. There's dignity in everyone. 
He boasted at the time that he has guided 40,000 migrants to the border since 2021, a figure that has multiplied since then and is expected to swell even more in the coming weeks and months. But according to Corrine Jean-Pierre and according to John Kirby and according to Joe Biden, we don't have a problem at the border. KJP actually said last week there's nothing unusual happening. There's nothing unusual. There's just 15,000 people coming here in a caravan ready to walk into this country and stay here and maybe get a court date in what 2031 I think is when people are expected to get their court dates so I'm sure at that point everyone will show up in 2031 it's it's out of control and this administration doesn't care they don't care they won't be held accountable for it and the craziest part to me and we've talked about this before with a lot of these sanctuary cities, is how people really can't understand how this will ever affect them. People really assume like, oh, well, you know, and we we talked about how there's a list now. The Healy administration put out this list of all of the towns and cities in Massachusetts that are doing their fair share. Because remember, Maura Healy said, we need all hands on deck. But she didn't mean the hands from Wellesley. She didn't mean the hands from Weston. She meant the hands from Lowell or Springfield. She didn't mean the hands from any of the W towns. Those, those people's hands, they're wiping their hands of this. They're like, I- I'm sorry, I've done all I can. I put a sign on my front door. I put a sign that says hate has no home here. That's really, I've reached my limit on what I can do. And it's asinine that you can't look at an issue and, and see how this is going to end up affecting you or your kids or your grandkids. The left loves to talk about that. Like, oh, what kind of, they're so concerned about what kind of planet they're leaving for their grandkids. But they can't connect the dots of how this could be a bad thing. They can connect the dots of all these hypotheticals. About like, oh, the planet has a fever. And by 2042, the CO2 levels, they can do all that. But you say to them, like, eh, maybe we shouldn't let 15,000 people in unvetted. And they're like, why? Well, is, should we not do that? Is that bad? It's, it's ridiculous. Um, another thing that I did want to talk about, and we can talk more about it, Jared, when we come back, are these protests that are taking place because they're getting out of hand. Um, and this group is really starting to put pressure on the Biden administration. Now they're showing up at Biden administration officials' uh, houses uh, over the Christmas weekend, trying to bully them into doing what they want. You keep hearing about this, you know, open letters. These these activists are demanding that Joe Biden do what they want. They're demanding it. And I think they're going to get their way. And that's my question for the audience. Do you think Joe Biden is going to back down? Because now you're seeing, Jared, he's even testier than usual. Between the bad polling numbers, the illegal immigration numbers, the economy that's so good, but no one will talk about how great it is. He's really on edge. And now that he's losing the cool, young, hip voters that he loves so much, the TikTokers that he recruits to the White House, I think he might have a change of heart on Israel. I hope Bibi isn't counting on him too much because I don't think I don't think he's going to stand with Israel for much longer. 844-500-4242. We'll talk about that when we return. Do not go anywhere. We have a lot more show to get to. 
It's it's a holiday week, but there's still plenty of news out there. So we will discuss it with you when we come back. Stay tuned for more. This is The Grace Curley Show. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. Here's something that I found intriguing from the Daily Mail. It says two Harvard board members and four faculty held private dinner where they discussed self-censorship but deny reports that they addressed President Claudine Gay's future at the Ivy League school. So there's rumor swirling that at this dinner, certain members of the board broke ranks when it came to their support for Claudine Gay staying on as president of Harvard. This does not bode well for Claudine. I don't think Claudine, if I had to put, if I had to put... A time limit on this. I don't think she's going to be president by the end of January. I would say she's got one more month and they'll sort it out. They'll figure out the best way for her to step down. But last week we reported a lot on or, or we read a lot of stories about the latest plagiarism charges against Claudine. And I just don't know how you can survive that, especially when you kicked kids out for plagiarism. Which is bad, yeah, but how come the kids get kicked out, or the students, I should say, and the president gets to stay? You have to have some, even for Harvard, you have to have some sort of standard. And it would appear that they don't. It said the four professors present at the dinner have now told the Harvard Crimson the topic was campus culture and gay was not discussed. Now, am I supposed to believe That all of these board members and faculty members go to a private dinner in Cambridge and they don't talk about the biggest story to hit Harvard in I don't know how long. Does anyone believe, Jared, do you believe that these people went to a private dinner in Cambridge and they didn't discuss Claudine Gay? That is one of the least plausible things I've ever heard. Like even if you said, yeah, I mean, we talked about it, but we didn't, you know. Nobody broke ranks. I believe that. I believe that you all are on the same team and you think she should stay because people from Harvard are pretty crazy. But I'm not buying that you guys went to dinner and you talked about the culture, the campus culture at Harvard, and you didn't talk about the president who gave one of the most disastrous congressional testimonies of all time and then went on to get caught in a, in a ginormous plagiarism scandal. And you didn't uh, mention just, her? just never came up. <laughs> Please tell us more about what you guys talked about. When you talked about campus culture, how did you not bring up Claudine Gay? That That's a better question. It's, it's just, it's not believable. It says the dinner at Bar Enza in Cambridge was first reported by the New York Times, and it sparked rumors that two of the board members could be breaking ranks with the Harvard Corporation's decision to stand by the beleaguered president. What do you like better, Jared, beleaguered or embattled? I'm more of a fan of embattled myself. I like beleaguered. Okay, your team beleaguered. It says Gay, who took office in July this year, sparked fury during a congressional hearing after she said that it depended on context whether calls for the genocide of Jews at Harvard constituted harassment and violated the rules. 
And as we all know, then she got caught up in a Joe Biden-esque, Mike Barnacle-esque scandal where I guess she's copy and pasting things instead of writing her own dissertations. She's copy and pasting and insufficiently Inadequ- Inadequate. Inadequate citing. citations and duplicative language. And, you know, some of my texters had so many better ones like recycled verbiage or recycled words. There's just so many different ways to put this. But, yeah, this is the latest is that they're all getting together, having these conversations, but they're not talking about Claudine Gay. If I was on the Harvard Corporation, if I was on the biggest board at Harvard, I would be like, guys, let's cut this lady loose. Come on now. You got to stop the bleeding eventually. More and more donors keep pulling out their money and saying, I'm not going to be writing these massive checks to a university that hates Jews. But that's not enough. And the plagiarism scandal is not enough. I don't know what it's going to take. And the interesting thing is, obviously, you have the com- you have the comparison. You have Liz McGill, also the head of a giant university, also a woman. The only difference is she's a white woman. So... The UPenn was not as willing to stick their neck out for her. She kind of got booted pretty quick. And I mean, the the plagiarism is the gift if you don't want to admit you have an anti-Semitism problem. The plagiarism is the, that's the absolute gift. Here. Yeah. Like, you know what? No, we, we cannot stand for plagiarism. Uh, it, it's an academic thing. It doesn't, it doesn't matter your creed, your orientation, your skin color. We do not, we do not stand You're for right. plagiarism. Th- that's the absolute gift to you. And even then... You still can't do it. And I know I know Claudine Gay checks a lot of boxes, but, I mean, it's Cambridge. People who check boxes in Cambridge are like a dime a dozen. You'll be able to find one. Like, it's the perfect cover for you, and you still can't take it? Yeah, you're right. It was their get-out-of-jail-free card. It's like, we are giving you a gift. We're giving you a beautiful gift, and, and you're slapping us right in the face. Take it. Take the opportunity. This is the perfect, this is the thing you've been waiting for. It's a reason to give her the boot. And your hands are clean. You, you don't have to. It's not your fault. You didn't make her plagiarize. But they want to stand by their woman in this case. Uh, Jared, I did mention this earlier, and I think it's worth I think it's worth noting here. California, big stuff happening in California. Californians will soon be able to drink tap water derived from human waste matter after officials approved new toilet to tap regulations. The New York Post reports the stories from the post millennium. Officials say that this will help the drought-prone state with its dwindling water supply. Water agencies will take wastewater from households and treat it for pathogens and viruses. Once treated, the water will be recycled and pumped back into the water supply for households. This is my favorite part, though. This guy, Darren Polemus, he's the director of the Division of Drinking Water in the State Water Resources Control Board. He boasted about the new development and said, here's the quote, it will truly be the highest quality water delivered in the state when it's done. Want to bet? I I don't know that that's accurate. What if we took water that wasn't human waste and then we did the same thing to it? You don't think that would be a little higher quality? I think any water that's starting off as human waste, right there, it's at a disadvantage. I mean, I you know I I understand I have a better understanding of geography because I lived in in Los Angeles for thirteen years. But you're on the Pacific Ocean. I think maybe look at desalinization technology to get water from the ocean 
desalinate it, and maybe process the ocean water into something a little more drinkable before we jump right to human waste. It says minerals will be added to the human wastewater. <laughs> human wastewater. Oh, Doesn't that sound appetizing? Minerals will be added to the human wastewater to improve taste. Oh, that's comforting. Oh, okay, yeah. And then it says California's mm, largest cities. Manganese-flavored tap water is glorious. <laughs> such as San Diego and the San Francisco Bay Area will be the first to make the transition due to the high cost of the investment. Of course, it's not going to be cheap. You're not going to be drinking human wastewater and it not be a pricey endeavor. You know, this actually is great for uh, conservationalism because you can just hose down the sidewalks in San Francisco and then process the, the runoff. And, and there you go. Oh, true. I Nature didn't even, heals itself. I didn't even think of that, yeah. that they have more access to the wastewater to begin with. And then it says by 20. 20- That's just good resourcing. Jared, care to guess when. Ooh, okay. Half of San Diego's water supply will be recycled. Can you care to guess the date when Ooh. the year that this will be good to go? There are two that I'm, I'm waffling between, but I'm going to go with 2030. 2035. You're ah, too, that was the other one. Too Dang ambitious it. for your own good. It's got to read up on wastewater processing apparently cal matters reports that the tap to toilet water what do you think sounds better i'm always curious about the marketing standpoint of this so let's pretend we're at you know big poop water incorporated and we've got to decide how we're going to market this do you like human waste water or do you like tap to or do you like toilet to tap water poop i kind of i kind of like toilet to tap the alliteration is usually the way to go yeah toilet to tap uh it says Cal Matters reports that the tap to toilet water, see they got it reversed on the end part here. It doesn't mean tap to toilet. That doesn't make any sense. Toilet to tap water is more expensive than imported water, but the benefit will reportedly outweigh the cost due to the system's uh, reliability. Have you ever gone to California for reliability in your life? Has nice. anything ever worked in California like that, Jared? Didn't they didn't they invest in some train? It was supposed to be like a magic train to take yeah, you all over the, the country? It was, uh, I can't remember what it was called. But it was expensive. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And they, they actually had to pay back the Trump administration. Uh, the, well, during the Trump administration, they had to pay back the federal government for the boondoggle money they, they stole for that project. But I'm sure that the benefits of that magic train outweighed the cost. I mean, the train was train ran on poop. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't understand why why it didn't work. It was the reliability of the train that everyone appreciated so much. The state of California currently imports its water supply from other states. This will be the first time the technology has been implemented directly for drinking water in California. Recycled water has been utilized for decades to water vegetables and fruit harvest and cover lawns, the New York Post reports. Do you think Meghan Markle and Prince, formerly known as Prince Harry, I don't know what he goes by anymore. Do you think George Clooney, any of these people who live in California, you think they're going to be tapping into this toilet water now that's going to be reserved for all of us i feel like the the credulous boomer rubes are going to be the ones who are really pushed into the toilet tap water situation the same with like the crickets you 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 pay attention to these climate summits they're eating beef wagyu and all these fancy things fancy cheeseburgers john Kerry's, you know enjoying a nice steak and what are they pushing to us these oil-filled plant-based meat patties, fake meat patties, and crickets. Every every article I read about this stuff, they're forcing crickets on me. So it's crickets and toilet water. And, and this is supposed to be 
what California's, this is why we're all supposed to be flocking towards California. Have you seen the numbers too, by the way, coming out of California? Mass exodus, not that that's changed since COVID. It's, it just continues that people are fleeing California and they're going to Texas or they're going to Florida. It's a tale as old as time. But I'm sure that this new system is going to change that. If I was headed, if I was leaving California, Jared, and someone said to me, we've got this new thing. We're going to have people drinking human waste water. I'd say, I got to rethink my travel plans. California, come for the high taxes and blackouts. Stay for the poop water. Indeed. When we come back, I want to talk about, well, we'll take your calls. And and then I want to talk about um, this new trend that I've been seeing on the news. It's called twalking. A lot of injuries are happening because of texting and walking at the same time. And I want to talk about texting and driving. I have something to say about that. We will continue this when we come back. Um, Also, the Wall Street Journal has a new report uh, about China that I think you guys will find interesting. We'll get to all of this on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. We got people on the lines who want to talk about the (laughs) tap. See, I keep getting confused. It's toilet to tap. Tap to toilet doesn't make any sense. It's toilet to tap water that is going to be... All the rage in California, if you can just wait till 2035 when it's going to be implemented. Uh, Mary, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Mary. Hi. Um, yes, I. you have to remember, between all the medications and all the drugs that we take, everything that goes in comes out. And what they're doing now, and they have for years, is there's the land application of sludges. And in that is a boatload of chemicals that's going on the land, which also seeps into our water. But to do that water, they aren't thinking of anything else. And to me, it's just stupid, stupid, stupid. You don't think this is about getting people the best quality water possible, Mary? Oh, my God. Maybe they could make it sparkling water. Yeah, per- perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you for the call, Mary. I appreciate it. You know, I was just I was just seeing this, and I just want to mention it quickly before um, I talk about this other story from the Daily Mail, that uh, two GOP members of Congress were swatted on Christmas Day, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene being one of them. This is when someone calls in a fake bomb threat to your house or, or you know, just calls in some sort of threat, says, oh, so-and-so's holding up, uh, holding their wife hostage or, you know, at gunpoint, and then a SWAT team has to come in to your house and, you know, disrupts, obviously, your entire holiday. Um, And this happened to Marjorie Taylor Greene and another member of Congress, another uh, member of the GOP. It's it's a popular tactic, I think, of far-left activists right now is to just swat people. Really horrible. Um, Side note here, though, Jared. I see this story today in the Daily Mail, and it says, Twalking injuries suffered while texting and walking have risen 50% since 2012. So injuries from texting while walking are becoming more common with doctors seeing an increase in patients with cuts, bruises, and even fractures resulting from distracted strolling. So people are on their phones while they're walking. They bump into things. They bump into people. 
and all that. The reason I bring this up, though, is because I was driving the other day on the highway. And there was a guy, and you know, people are always looking down texting, which drives me crazy. Every time I see an accident, I think, I sound like my mom now. I look at the accident and I go, probably texting. That's probably what it was. But I kid you not, I looked over at the guy next to me. He was fully watching like a film on his phone, going fast, going faster than I was. And you know what it made me think? People don't respect how dangerous driving is. Like I'm talking, you have... 10 and 2, you're focused, you got your seatbelt on, you're doing everything right. You are still driving at a high speed with a good chunk of metal just charging at people who are depending on you to be focused. And people now are watching movies. And he didn't have like a Tesla. He didn't have one of those self-driving cars. He was just chilling, you know, foot on the pedal, kind of holding the steering wheel. But I thought, this is getting out of control. People need to be more afraid when you're driving. You need to be more afraid. You need, you're not that good. People have this confidence when they're driving their cars. Like, I'm not a great driver, but at least I know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I on, honestly, since I've had my son, I've been a whole lot more careful driving. Were you kind of a, general. I, a crazy I was, driver before? I, I wasn't crazy, but I was kind of, eh, you know, let me get his home, get home as fast as possible. Yeah, you know what? I can scroll through my playlist on my phone, whatever. Like I can do that while I'm driving. And, and now I'm super careful. Um, but it is, it's funny. And and doing that, like my entire mentality has changed on this. Because um, I think I mentioned this before. But what I do now is, when I'm driving on the highway and I see people like jamming in and out of lanes, flashing lights, speeding up, trying to get ahead and weave in and out, I'll actually. I'll watch them, and they'll hit a marker, like the next exit sign or something like that, and then I'll actually count in my head until I hit that marker, and they never gain more than 13 seconds on me. Yeah. And I'm like, all that... Yeah, was it worth it? All that for 13 seconds more. Yeah. Or 13 seconds faster. But they like the chase. But everybody does, yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy, and people, like you said, they really don't... They don't take into account that you're in something that's designed to break apart when it hits something now. Yeah, and, and I always tell people like you just gotta be you you've got to be aware of how what you're doing, but you gotta be even more aware of how other people are driving because they stink. Now, as far as people walking around and bumping into each other because they're they're too zoned into their phones, I have no patience for that. You got to be looking up. You got to keep moving. You're at the grocery store and someone acts like. They have no idea that there could be a person behind them. Be aware of your surroundings, please. I don't think I'm an impatient person, but when someone stops in the middle of the aisle and I have to, you know, oh, whoa, sorry, keep your head on a swivel, okay? Do us all a favor. Keep your head on a swivel. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls. We're going to talk to Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. Don't go anywhere. It's Tuesday, December 26th, and this is The Grace Curley Show. 